Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hey, welcome to the of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. I'm Rebecca, and today I'm going to be joined by Ricardo, who is the creator and visionary really behind Ariodante Travel. Uh, it's a very unique, bespoke travel agency where he takes... <laughs> all of those words and takes it to the next level, really putting together fantastic once in a lifetime experiences for clients. So we're really thrilled. We're actually um, partnering up with them and we're going to be able to offer kind of land and sea experiences in the future. So if you have something you've always wanted to do, maybe you want to stay by yacht and then um, have these incredible experiences on land as well. Um, Ricardo's your man. So enjoy this episode. If you don't already um, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, please do. Your podcast episodes will auto download. It's super easy to follow along. And we'd love it if you uh, rate, rated and reviewed uh, just so that we can see that you're loving what you're hearing and the content that we're putting out there. And as always, if there's anything that you'd like to see or suggest, please contact me directly, Rebecca at OceanscapeYachts.com. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Ricardo and we'll see you next month. All right. So we're here with Ricardo of Ariodante Travel. He's uh, calling in from Paris today. Thank you so much, Ricardo, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, nice to speak with you. Yes, it's really good to connect. Um, we've been emailing back and forth about all kinds of amazing <laughs> ideas about how we can work together. You may have noticed um, recently, last month, we actually shared a bit of a press release that we'd be working more with Ricardo and his team because they put these amazing packages together for on land and you know how we can mix that with a land and sea venture. So uh, before we get too far into it, though, I was just wondering if you could share a bit about your personal background, Ricardo, and you know, in the travel world and how you came to create Ariodante? Sure. Well, uh, to be honest with you, first of all, I'm really not into travel. I'm a classical <laughs> musician. Oh, really? I did not know yeah. that. I'm a conductor and a composer. So me and the travel industry, wow. you can call that a huge accident. Okay. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Somehow it works. Exactly. And it's really funny. So everything started in London several years ago now uh, when someone from Airbnb asked me if I could create a Airbnb experience about classical music, like to teach classical to people. Basically, we were attending a concert. Before that, we were meeting in a coffee shop for a nice coffee. Uh, just to explain them about the composers, about the program, and basically answer all their questions. And after the concert, we were like gathering again, like to share our experience. And that was it for me. It was a funny way of going to concerts. It was nice to have an excuse, let's say. And in the middle, I got a very lovely couple from the US uh, who loved the experience. And then they wanted to invite me for lunch. And then while we were chatting, they asked me if we could do exactly the same in the Royal Opera House because they wanted to see um, production of Don Carlo. Uh, so we did it. Then we went again to dinner. The guy, he decided he needed to show me how to drink whiskey because it was impossible to live in London in the UK and have no idea about whiskey. So he took me to his hotel for That's a whiskey. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't ask me about which whiskeys we were drinking because I completely forgot them okay. all. <laughs> you haven't carried that on then. <laughs> they were delicious. That, okay. You know, 
hope he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then to thank them, I offered them to go backstage in the Royal Opera House. I used to work there many, many years ago. So I was, I just had to call a friend to, to get inside. So they loved that. And that's how I started all those kind of uh, luxury experiences. Then they start sending me their friends, then friends of friends and so on. And when I realized I already had like a company, everything was working. People were <laughs> loving. Nice when that happens. <laughs> yes, I was having a lot of fun. But at the same time, I was kind of nervous, like to disappoint them. Because it was like rich people who were paying me a lot. Well, not me directly, but they were paying things a lot. For example, a private visit to a castle, to a museum. So I was always trying to add things and make it like perfect. So they start really liking that. And I'm someone with a lot of culture. I love art. So I'm always like chatting with them, being friendly. And then I was hiring like real experts. For example, a museum uh, director, he was the one who was with our clients, uh, explaining them everything. A uh, painter, for example, a professional painter who was making a visit for a museum like and talking about whatever, about Picasso, for example. So it was always like very meaningful. And that's what those clients used to love. So right now, uh, they're also asking me experience outside of London, outside of the UK. That's why I'm in France, opening an office in Paris. We already have one in the um, French Riviera. So now it's Paris and then the plan is going to Madrid to start with Spain and so on, because I need like people who really know where they live, so they know where to go, like mm -hmm. find the niche places. I will also be there to go to the museum and make the deal with the museum. Now, always tricky. Because say we are always asking for something more, something unique. So instead of just visiting a museum, we're making a private visit to the museum and then taking the clients to the reserves of the museum and then eventually to the restoration workshop and a private dinner in the middle of the museum. So it's like, unusual things mm -hmm. has that kind of grown how long have you been doing this for like was it quite organic or once the ball started rolling did people kind of start popping up everywhere that you you know I'm sure if you sat down before it really took off and you thought do I know enough people could this really work you probably would have thought no but it's amazing how these things start appearing and you know yes. you need a contact somewhere and all of a sudden you know someone who knows someone and it just kind of gathers momentum. It was kind of organic, let's say. Um, there was a moment when I decided to make it a real business and I was scared not to have enough clients. So I made a deal with a hotel in London. The manager of the hotel loved it. He told me I was doing something in 10 minutes that all his concierge team was unable to do like in six months. Wow. And he wanted to propose my experience to his top clients. Uh, he, I got the first call like four or five days after that meeting. And in 10 days, he sent me seven clients. Wow. So I had to call him back asking him to please stop because I'm <laughs> unable to, to handle all that. Especially when they are calling you, the client is here. Can you come? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you really are thinking on the fly too. You don't even have time to prepare whatever they want to do, right? Sometimes. I mean, that's like kind of easy because I know those people in culture, I know the museums, 
and I have, as I was saying, that culture where I can perfectly put together many things. Uh, for example, here, if you ask me uh, about Marcel Proust, I already know him and I know some of the places he used to go, he used to love. So I can put things together. And then, of course, I'm going to say to the client, give me 24 hours and I send you a full proposal. So I have time like, to check online. Okay, <laughs> wow. Okay. Still, though, that's a quick turnaround. That's amazing. Yes. Um, the problem is where you are, when we, you are already with a client and they are calling you, there is someone waiting for you in the lobby of the hotel. It's like, okay, how can I do that? Yes. <laughs> so you kind of have to have some fallbacks, like some safe options it, that you know will work. Exactly. So that's how I start like thinking about a real company with a real structure. Mm -hmm. um, back then, I was waiting for the client to give me like an idea of what he wanted. And then by just chatting with him, I, I was just giving ideas and then making it happen. Now I have a very different system. I, for the Paris office, for example, I start speaking with all the museums and cultural institutions to, let's say, open them first. So now I know which museum I can use and what can I do easily in the museum and what will be a little bit more tricky. Okay, so that's great. You have like preferred partners almost that you work with regularly and they know what you do and you know what they allow you to do. <laughs> it, we work mostly with all the cultural institutions, whatever it is, a museum, a palace, a private art collection or whatever. For example, one of the deals I made is with the Paris City Hall to open all the hidden places they have. For example, since beginning of the 20th century, now I forgot the date, uh, there is a, um, all the churches belong to the city of Paris. So they are the ones who have the keys. So with them, they can open for me all the churches and we can go everywhere. It's not just visiting the normal church. Mm. And there is some amazing places. Uh, they took me to, oh, what's the name of that church? Uh, Saint Eustache, which is in the center of Paris. A Gothic church is the most amazing thing I ever seen. We went, we went to the highest tower. The view is just Wow. Yeah, <laughs> they have art collections, they have everything. For example, with some museums, now with the Louvre, we have access to the reserves of the museum. So we can perfectly arrange for a normal visit during opening hours, but entering by a secret door of the museum. So you are not waiting anything. And we have like a senior member of the museum with us we can get any of the creators of the museum. And after visiting, say, the collections, we can go to the reserves. So they are going to open for you the reserves of the Louvre. That's like just insane. Mm -hmm. Love that. We have access, for example, to some of the most secret manuscripts of France. One of those is, for example, the um, Declaration of Human Rights. So when you love history, and you arrive to that place and suddenly they open the vault and show you the constitution of France or the declaration and you can turn the pages. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's uh, like something out of Da Vinci Code or something. You know, you're getting all this peek behind the curtains of this history. Exactly. But let's say uh, we have the real documents. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. 
And do you I, find, um, like, obviously now there's such a high demand for that, you know, unique experiences. They want experiential travel. They don't want the same, you know, cookie cutter cruise or luxury villa. Is that, have you noticed, like, since that first day when you took people, you know, like you were saying, to the Royal Opera House from now, have you noticed their tastes have changed in re- recent years? Or do you just find you're getting more clients asking for unique things and you know at the end of the day it's all about a one amazing experience in my case maybe i'm not the right person to ask that kind of question because from the beginning i've been offering the most unique experiences true um so they're like contacting me just because of that they i i haven't had a single client who asked me for a normal museum mm-hmm. so it could be they're almost coming to you with an empty slate saying, create something amazing. We're kind of into this, this, and this. Some of them ask for something. I remember the first experience I made in Italy. The client knew they wanted to go to Florence. They wanted a, a private visit of the Uffici Gallery. And they wanted also a dining experience. Then I was the one like putting many ideas together over the phone and offering them something better than just that. Of course, they were like super happy. (laughs) Then I had to make it happen. Sometimes I speak too fast and then I'm like, oops, how am I going to do that? (laughs) that, Have I over-promised here? (laughs) Well, I, I, I had many cultural institutions. When I speak with them, they always look at me like with big eyes, like, how can we do that? Like, that's never been done before. You are insane. Uh, but you, you <laughs> can imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes not really, because they are scared. Like, for example, here in France, the way they do things, they are very conservative, way more than the, in the UK. So, for example, for a huge client from Saudi Arabia, uh, we wanted to make him spend the night in one of the most beautiful museums here, the Musée Rodin. Uh, But we wanted to build like those kind of um, transparent igloos in the gardens with fireworks, with everything. And that's a client who loves horses. So one of the ideas was also to bring two horses from Chantilly, from the uh, equestrian school of Chantilly, which is one of the best in, in Europe. And... Uh, the museum was, you are insane. We can't do that. We can't put horses in the museum, even in the garden. So I managed to convince them that they had like to go and speak with all the team. And well, it took like one week for them like to to accept that maybe it will be possible. Just because it's like insane for them. Yeah, and they're used to doing things a certain way, day in, day out, probably. So when they get requests sometimes, I'm sure they think, how can that even be possible? You know, and like you say, it's not just a one experience that you're you're multi-layering this, right? (laughs) You know, like, let's put in a clear dome, then the fireworks, then the horses. Like, one would have even been something (laughs) different and unique. Yeah, let's say one of the, let's say kind of, it's not a secret, but like, uh, our added value against all other agencies is we are not doing a single experience. We are like linking several experiences together, like a TV program, like a documentary. So we are going to visit three or four places uh, and tell something. So we are telling the story of, let's say, the American independence 
and we will be visiting several cultural institutions, several buildings, because here uh, Jefferson used to live, here they signed, I don't remember which treaty, and then we go to the National Library where they have some amazing documents, and then something else, and then we end up with a dining experience in the middle of the well, in the French National Library, for example, uh, meeting with I don't know who, and so on. So it's like several experiences we are putting together Mm-hmm. To give the client something way more than just a simple visit. Yeah. So that in the same city, but we also do that in several countries. For example, uh, let's imagine someone is coming on a yacht uh, to whatever, to, to Monaco, for example. So we can take him in Monaco to visit near Nice the um, Matisse Museum, for example. Then we will go to another region to visit his house and the chapel he used to paint. Then, well, let's say back to Monaco to his yacht so he can relax. Then we are going to put him in a private plane to go to, well, to come to Paris, for example, to see the new exhibition they are going to unveil in May, if I remember well, a Matisse exhibition. And then we go back to Marseille, for example, where the yacht is waiting for him mm. to go somewhere else. Okay, As and with because um, I think you know from from talking to you and get to know a lot a lot more about your experience, you know the sky can really be the limit. Like, do you have um, one <laughs> of the most <laughs> one of the most unique packages that you've been able to put together? Like, does one stand out in your mind? Um, obviously, there's more to come, but right now, is there one that you think <laughs> I'm amazed this actually all came together and we pulled it off and it yeah. was this incredible experience? Well, I'm working on one right now. There is a um, Christo exhibition here in Paris where he's going to wrap all the Art de Triomphe. Uh, and we managed for a client like to convince the museum and the Art de Triomphe to open it for us. So we are going to make a private dinner on the top of the Art de Triomphe, but with, in the middle of his, I have no idea how to call it, his installation. So it's like, almost insane to be like in the middle of the artwork, especially mm-hmm. something like that, or it's going to cost a fortune, sadly. Yeah. Uh, I will try to go there like to sneak. Yeah, you have to be there for quality yeah. control. <laughs> exactly. But another one which I really like, for example, is a Picasso experience. Well, here we are doing like a 10 days trip. So it's also insanely expensive with private jets and everything. So we are starting in Paris, like three days in Paris to see what the museums, the Picasso Museum and so on, but also to discover the work of other artists around Picasso, for example, Giacometti uh, and Rodin and others. Then we are making a private dinner, well, a lunch, private lunch, where Picasso got married. So we found that place, which is a very beautiful place um, near the Louvre. So we are making a dining experience then meeting of with one of Picasso's world experts. We are flying him to Paris. Then we take the plane to go to Nice. Uh, and then, well, not Nice, well, Antibes, so just near Nice, to visit the Picasso Museum, his chapel, where we are making also a private dinner uh, and other little places in the region. Then we go to Barcelona, so museum and everything. Then we go to Malaga, 
to see the house where he used to live when he was a kid. He, he was born actually there. Then we go to Madrid. We spend also three days there. One of those days, it's also to go to Toledo to see the paintings he used to love when he was in the Royal Academy. In the Royal Academy also, we are opening all the reserves and showing some like artwork which is never shown to the public. Apparently, they have like some amazing things. And then back to France, to near Aix-en-Provence to see his castle. He died there and he's buried in that place. So that's a private castle. So Yeah, that's a very cool start to finish kind of journey exactly. of his life, you know, that they're going to be able to experience. Exactly. So that's going to be a huge one. So I don't remember how many private dinners we're making there. <laughs> and so on. The goal is like the client is in love with Picasso after, but not just Picasso, but all the artists around him that time, but also meeting with uh, contemporary artists so they can speak about Picasso, like what's the influence Picasso had on them and so on. Mm-hmm. And another one we start working just now, it's with Leonardo da Vinci. So we have a private visit to the Vatican with a dining experience there. So when you are alone in the middle of that place, it's just wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have access, for example, to the reserves of, well, the, oh, it's not the reserves, the secret archives. So that's just great. Mm-hmm. We never go there. Then we go to Florence. Uh, to, to his um, to the village where he was born. Then we go also to to Milano to see the Sforza Palace and have a private dinner in the chapel where there is the last scene. So here we are really in the Da Vinci Code. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we fly to France, uh, Paris, to the Louvre to see the um, reserves of the Louvre with all his drawings. But here we have access to his codex. So we can show the person the codex, but he can touch them. So that's, for me, let's say, it will be like the most incredible feeling ever. But I love Leonardo da Vinci. So being there when I saw those pages, is it's like being in front of, I have no idea, of God himself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say your biggest wish as a kid. Um, and just, I'm not even sure we're allowed to talk about it, so tell me if I'm not. But can you touch on the Orient Express at all? Just so people can hear what different types of, you know, because obviously art is a big focus in culture and things like that. But this one is very cool if you are able to share it right now. <laughs> well, we have some other cool <laughs> things also. I love culture, but I also like to have fun. Yeah. I'm like uh, uh, a grown-up kid, <laughs> always finding crazy ideas. So when I was opening the um, office in Nice, well, in the Côte d'Azur, um, Florian in the Côte d'Azur, he lives in Nice, that's why I'm always putting him there. Uh, I was like finding um, writers, which famous writer wrote something about the region. And I came across Agatha Christie, and suddenly I remember I used to love that book when I was a kid. She wrote a book called The Mystery of the Blue Train. So immediately, my first idea was, let's make a murder mystery. And of course, you say murder mystery, Agatha Christie, equal Orient Express. So I managed to find the original Orient Express, which belonged to the French National Railway. 
it's not the Belmont train, which is something very different. So I'm taking that Orient Express and taking people back into time to the 1920s. So everyone will be dressed in the 1920s. We will have some actors there playing the murder mystery. So people will have to find first who is real, who is fake, because everything is like together. It's a real immersive murder mystery. Usually you never do that like that. It's way more risky. So we are taking that huge risk. <laughs> Uh, and we are starting in Paris, and it's all day long to reach Nice. We leave Paris around like 11 in the morning, and we arrive to Nice at 11 p.m. And in the middle, we have two dining experiences, 1920s, of course, inspired, not the real ones. Mm -hmm. Those people were eating in a very weird way. <laughs> You had like the menus is like 20 different plates. Oh, wow. Kind of insane. Yeah. So we are just getting inspired by those recipes. And we also have a concert. So we are bringing uh, an American singer. She's a specialist in the 1920s repertoire and so on. And at the end, of course, the person winning the, the mystery, he or she will be winning uh, several things. So it's like... Um, in dollars, that will be like a $15,000 package they are getting. So it's a pretty nice thing. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have like two different kind of package for, for that experience. One which is like just the regular ticket and another one which is a VIP pack for two. So we are taking care of the costume. So we are making um, costume experience in Paris with cinema costumes, very amazing uh, costumes in a great place. And then we go to the hairdresser so they can get ready 1920s and everything. And in the morning, there is a vintage 1920s car who's picking them up in the, in the hotel. Okay, so that's a very good example of not just doing the one activity <laughs> for them. You are creating an entire... Everything, touch, taste, smell, their hair, their clothes, everything. You're incorporating it all. Exactly. And then we are pushing it even further. For example, with the hotels we are partnering with for that experience. It's the Dorchester Collection here in Paris, so Plaza Atene and Maurice. Uh, I'm asking them to change, well, not all the decoration, of course, but like all the flowers. So we are making 1920s flowers, uh, champagne, we are Instead of a bottle of champagne, we are creating a special cocktail inspired with the 1920s. So if they arrive to Paris, let's say, three days in advance, we are already putting them in the 1920s atmosphere and so on. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. It, yeah, I like the sound of that. And are you doing more of that now that you are at, in a position in the business to be opening other offices to start curating packages that you can offer versus somebody contacting you and kind of the other way around, like creating something based on somebody's desire. Now you'll also have the option of here's some other events that we have available. Nobody's inquired about them or booked them yet. Let's say one of the things I, I love it's games and those kind of things. So I'm trying to, let's say, open a branch of Ariodante, which is more like luxury games. Um, and events. So, for example, there is another one with boats, which is a two-day cruise on board of the oldest three-mast 
ship. It's called the Belem. It's 19, no, 1890 something. So really old one, mm-hmm. <laughs> still sailing. It's an insanely beautiful boat. Uh, so we are offering four dates. So if someone wants to experience some like sailing in the 19, 20, in the 19th century, yes, uh, there you have. So there is only one date in May, and then we have three dates in November in the Côte d'Azur. So we can tailor whatever they want. That's just for up to four people. That's it. There is no more space in the boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this for the crew. Because without a crew, we can't sail. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. But then there are other things we are planning, like a historical party. So imagine you are in the castle dressed in the um, 17th century costumes with fireworks, like 17th century fireworks, 17th century uh, dining experience, an orchestra, uh, dancers, and everything. Uh, there is an idea I have to make in a palace like a sort of 18th or 17th century casino with the games of that time to have something like completely different and things like that. Hmm. It's really cool. And I'm I'm excited because I know you're relaunching, um, you're like adding to your website all the time too. So people will be able to see all the experiences that you offer and, and some samples of it. But um, I also wanted to ask, because you're spreading out now across Europe, do you find you are getting requests for different places now? Like, are, are more destinations emerging that you're seeing clients want to experience? Obviously, in yachting, when we're talking about Europe, Croatia, Montenegro, Turkey, all those places are really kind of thriving right now. Are you noticing the same with these kind of cultural, unique experiences? Yes, of course. Let's say the reason why I'm uh, I'm opening all the offices now around Europe, it's because my clients are asking me for more destinations. They usually don't really ask for a specific one, but they ask, let's say, for example, for Italy, uh, or they just say, oh, that's amazing what we did in in London. Um, We want to go next time to Italy. Can you do something for us? So then I have to find ways. So we have already done experiences in Vienna, in um, in, Italy, in Italy we have Florence, Rome, Naples. Uh, we did one in, in Egypt, for example. But it's more like one shots. And because they're asking, I'm opening those offices to be able to make even more experiences and offer more things. Then I'm going to... Sp- stick with Europe for now because uh, there is already so much to do. Yes. <laughs> but then my idea is funding. For example, I would love to do something between Spain and Mexico, for example, around Hernán Cortés to see like all the um, Aztecs and Mayas and the relation with Spain and so on. Uh, Colombia, well, my, <laughs> I'm oh. from Colombia, so <laughs> I'd love to take people there. And Asia, they, the world is full of culture. So we can do things like this everywhere. I just need someone who really knows the place. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about, right? Building up connections in the area. And it's like a give and take, right? Because they're, they're also it, getting something out of it. Yes. It's like to make, to open the Paris office, I've been working here for already like eight months and we are still not ready. So if everything goes well, we will be launching Paris officially 
in April. So it takes a lot of time because before offering something, I need to know I can deliver. Yes, <laughs> that's very good <laughs> advice no matter what <laughs> business that you're in. Um, and you personally, you've just hit on quite a few of them, but do you have any of your own favorite destinations or parts of the globe you like to go to or maybe on your bucket list? People love getting some so, inspiration during these podcasts. Say in Europe, there are so many places I love. Well, Paris, of course, for people who love culture to eat. That's great. I'm a huge fan of London, of course, but a place, for example, I love is Scotland. There are so many places there, like wild places. But then uh, in the south, for example, Granada in, in Spain, that's one of the most beautiful places ever. Uh, you were mentioning Croatia and Montenegro. Montenegro is a place I just love it. It's tiny, but it's full of charm. And then well, there are so many places I haven't explored yet, hopefully soon. Yeah, <laughs> you just need to start creating experiences there and then you have to be there. So <laughs> build it and they will come. That's a very good excuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now before we forget, can you tell everyone where to find you? We are, follow you guys on Instagram and your pictures are phenomenal. So let everyone know what your social handles are, your website, so they can go check you out after this. Yes, like the, just the only issue is sometimes I forget them. <laughs> um, well, they're they're linked on your website too. So even yeah, if you okay, just share that. Yeah. But the website it's Ariodanti Travel altogether dot com. So that's that one is easy. And then on Instagram and Facebook we are it's kind of the same. It's Ariodanti dot travel. The hashtags and so on it's all the same. Ariodanti Travel altogether. Uh, but yes, in the website you have everything and. If everything goes well, middle of March or end of March, we will be launching a new part of the website called Travel Notes. So it's little notes about travel, about exhibitions, people, um, not really deals, but for example, a nice yacht. So what can you do in those kind of yachts and things like that. So everyone can check that. And, and well, that's it. <laughs> well, great. Yeah. And uh, obviously, we'll be tagging you and everything when we post this so everyone will be able to know where to go to check you guys out and to keep in touch. Because as you had touched on, we will be offering and we're very lucky to be able to be working with you now. So I can't wait to see what we can put together for people and they can dock up somewhere with their yacht and experience, you know, all that you guys have put together. Yes, because let's say once you are on a yacht, there are so many things you can do. But basically, if you go to the land, yeah. <laughs> you're, well, you're limitless then, really, because you got the ocean, you got the land. I think you're all sorted. So how many things we can do at sea? For example, in the French Riviera, there are some amazing sites for scuba diving. So we will be glad to take you there and then to have a dining experience in a castle. For example, the castle where Alexandre Dumas wrote um, The Count of Monte Cristo, but the action of the book is happening in that castle. But just nearby, there is a place called the Calanque uh, near Marseille, which is insanely beautiful, especially for people who love landscapes. And if you want to scuba diving there, it's great. But then there are some uh, underwater archaeological parks that we can perfectly visit. So we are still at sea. Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of culture there. For example, Bahia, we did an experience there with a little submarine. 
like discovering the underwater city of Bahia near Naples, or the one I was telling you in in, in Egypt. That's the um, underwater palace of Cleopatra. Right. Like, yeah, no idea if he was, she was really there, but that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one to contest it now, so I suppose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one is dead. <laughs> yeah, it is like it is then. Um, well, I really appreciate your time, Ricardo. This was amazing. I feel inspired. I want to go out and experience something like this. So we just need to find ways that I can also be there, I guess. <laughs> With pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming.